All right, what's going on, folks? Hope you're all doing well. It's another iteration of the Cultural Podcast. Back again, Sam Adamo coming at you solo dolo. No producer in the studio. We're up late banking a bonus episode for you guys on the back of the Azzurri's match against England in Naples because it was a huge match, and I have a lot on the brain. I didn't want to wait until next week. I wanted to get some thoughts out. Guys, I don't think I've ever been this happy after a loss. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever been this happy after Italy losing a match. I don't. I've been watching them for um, pretty much my entire life since I can remember. And losses always upset me. You never want to lose to England. But I'm not that pissed off today. Now, there are a lot of things that happened in the game that were wrong. We'll talk about that. But there's some shit that we need to kind of address here. The overarching takeaway of this game is silver lining. It, 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 is, it, is, it is a complete silver lining. Um, if you haven't guessed... Got a little matecito here to celebrate some recent positive developments in the Azzurro world. Um, man, guys, we have a striker. We have a fucking striker. What the hell? What the hell happened? It's insane. He came out of nowhere. Roberto Mancini's playing football manager in real life. Guys, chapeau. Chapeau. Roberto Mancini, like, applause. We, we need to applaud Roberto Mancini. Obviously, Italy lost the match 2-1 to one at the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona in Naples to England. And, and it was not a good game overall. Um, but there are some things that we can take away from it which are positive. And I think, the, like, listen, at the end of the game, I, I didn't care that we didn't equalize. We had chances to. I think we paid the price for not uh, focusing at the start of the match. I think it actually comes down to more than focus. I think there's a few deep-rooted issues which I think are going to be rectified going forward in qualifying here and in the lead-up to the Euro as we look to rebuild after the catastrophe last year and not qualifying for the second World Cup in a row. But that aside, I, you know, obviously it was, it was a dog-shit game overall. Not a good result. A loss at home to England is terrible. But guys, I, I mean, Matteo Retegui scored on his fucking debut. Matteo Retegui scored. It's insane. I, I mean... Let me just put into perspective how insane this is. This whole um, Matteo Retegui saga, okay? Matteo Retegui is 21... Excuse me. Matteo Retegui is 23 years old. Plays for Club Atletico Tigre on loan from Boca Juniors in Argentina. We discussed it on the pod the other day with Adrian from Rabona TV. And a lot of you guys are aware already of you know who he is because he's been in the news in recent uh, days and weeks. And, you know, I have to say, th this is so fucked up. It's fucked up in all the right ways, okay? Now, we've called up some weird guys in the past. We've called up guys who, you know who I'm talking about. We've called up some guys who, you know, are oriundi, right? Foreigners, whatever, who it's like, you know, you don't really want to call them up. I don't know why that is. Is it because it feels a little bit weird? You know, are they Italian? Are they not? Maybe there's a little bit of that weird, like, nationalism kind of, like, deep-seated into us. But ultimately, I think it's because a lot of them just lacked romance, you know? We'll forgive you for not being born in Italy or being able to speak Italian if there's like a romantic element to it. So like Eder at Inter playing for Italy had no romance whatsoever. It's why people shot on him. He worked hard. You know, he, he did something in the Antonio Conte system. It's not what was wanted. Like it, it, just nobody wanted to see a guy with one Brazilian Portuguese name play for the Azzurri. But if it's an Argentinian guy with Italian grandparents, then all of a sudden it's sexy. And if it's a striker who's scoring and who's young, I mean, here's the thing. Let's, let's be honest, okay? There are a lot of other Italian eligible or would have been eligible forwards who we would have taken from Argentina who just opted to play for Argentina. Paolo Dybala is one of those guys. Mauro Icardi is one of those guys. We would have absolutely taken them with the Italian national team. You ask any Italian person in Italy, I'm an Italian abroad, uh, you know, so I have a little bit of a skewed perspective on the Italian national team. And I, you know, maybe I care a little bit more than Italians in Italy, but I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think everyone kind of cares about them and everyone that follows football and knows who these players are would have been absolutely thrilled to see a guy named Mauro Icardi play for Italy, you know. You have an Italian name, you're Argentinian, there's something there. Like, we feel like we're cousins anyway. So, 
you know, normally they never play for us because there's just not that, like, I guess there's not that, like, attachment there. Guys, we can finally say, we got one. Like, that's what this is. We got one. Motherfucker, we got one. We fucking poached one. This is a big deal because this guy would have played for Argentina, guys. He's 23 years old. He's going to be 24. He's, like, the top scorer in the Argentinian league right now. I think this season he's currently at the top of the Pichichi race or the Capocanoniere race or whatever the fuck they call it in Argentina. But I believe if he wasn't the top scorer in Argentinian football last year, he was one of the top scorers in Argentinian football. Um, and, you know, it's reasonable to believe that, you know, had he returned to Boca Juniors and continued to score goals and maybe secured a move abroad to Europe, he might have gotten called up for Argentina. You know, it's a country that has, you know, a, a number of older forwards who have kind of been on the out in recent years and are going to continue to be on the out. Now that they've won the World Cup, you'd think that some of them are going to be phased out. You might have seen a guy like him come in. And he opted to close the door on on, on that opportunity. That's a big fucking deal. Now, a lot of people are saying, is this guy Italian? Who, you know, who the fuck is he? And by the way, it's a little funny because Roberto Mancini a few years ago, I'm old enough to remember when Roberto Mancini a couple years ago came out and criticized Ventura for calling up Franco Vasquez and Eder. Um, and, you know, and, and, and now I don't, I don't think, listen, I think to an extent he's kind of pinching his nose saying, fuck it, we got to win. We got to do it at all costs. And Italian football has failed so badly at producing uh, senior ready players that we have no choice but to look abroad and go digging and go panning for gold. Um, and, you know, I don't even think that it's an issue of developing them. I think it's an issue of, like, actually bringing players through to the forefront and giving them starting opportunities because no one does that in Italy. Instead, we send them out on loans to Holland or to Serie C, right? So this is shit that we talk about all the time. You guys are all aware of this. But I think it is relevant that first of all Man, the fact that Mancini had you know the change of spirit um, and he has for some time he's been calling up Oriundi for a while it's not really a surprise I think when you get into the position you realize okay whatever like if they're willing to die for the flag who gives a shit you know these are people that feel an attachment to Italy that's fine but um, I, I, I guess the, the fact that the guy turned his back on Argentina the world champions guys this is a big fucking deal. And I get it. Italy are no slouches, okay? Everyone wants to play for Italy. If you have Italian lineage, you kind of dream of playing for Italy. If you have any national tie to Italy, it makes sense. But, you know, look, this isn't Sam Adamo refusing to play for Canada here to go play for Italy. You know what I mean? Arguably, he might have had a more, you know, glorious career playing for Argentina. I say that because, you know, he would have probably had equal opportunity to play in major tournaments and shit, but he would have been in an environment that he was maybe a little bit more familiar with. Um, you know, people that he grew up with would have watched him play. And, you know, for Argentina, that's probably something that a lot of people that grow up in Argentina dream of, you know, and he fucking turned his back on that. And he said, fuck it. I feel Italian. I don't know. Was he close to his grandmother? I don't know. I don't know. But, but the fact that he was willing to do it is relevant. You know, he obviously has some kind of like you know, emotional tie to the country. So, you know, again, this isn't Giuseppe Rossi turning his back on a dog shit country like the United States to play for Italy. This is a big deal. This is a guy who, by all accounts, you know, nobody would have expected to not play for Argentina who probably would have played for them at some point saying, fuck it, I'm taking the opportunity now. Mancini came out and said he couldn't believe that he actually accepted the call-up, you know, and he did. He accepted it. And I mean, again, chapeau. Chapeau to Mancini for doing, um, you know, what's necessary to get new blood in. Because that's the problem here is that we, we've we had a real issue since winning the Euro of getting, you know, the next phase going. Um, it seemed like there was no issue with the side, but when we didn't qualify for the World Cup, like for the last year now, it's felt like we've kind of been stagnant. Do we roll with the same guys who won the Euro or do we look for new blood again? New blood doesn't mean they have to be 19 years old. It just has to mean new faces. You know, guys who haven't, done it and 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 who could maybe offer something in a new system so i think of a guy like matteo politano he could be one of those guys you know um playing very well for napoli uh, offers a lot when he comes on creative and new you know he's not the youngest player in the world he's in his prime you know he probably has a couple of years uh you know of, of serviceability for la nazionale for <clears throat> for la nazionale excuse me and and that's it you know you need to kind of get him into the fray for this cycle that's that's kind of the goal here and Man, I, I mean, we got one. We fucking finally got one. It's like the pipe dream. It's almost ideal. It's like you almost always want to have an Italian from Argentina in the side. Like every great Italian team has almost always had an Argentinian. Camoranesi, fucking Sivori back in the 30s. 
Um, I think Orsi was a guy I know nothing about. I just saw his name on like the starting lineup of like the 1934 and or 1938 Italian team, and I always thought it was funny because my grandfather used to like throw me on his back and pretend you know he was a horse, but instead of saying cavallo, he would say Orsi, Orsi. So I would, so I read the guy's name and I would think of that. That guy was like, I think his name was like Luis Orsi or something like that. I'm fucking up his name, but he was like an Uruguayan. He was like an Uruguayan or like an Argentinian guy who played for us in like 1934. You know, we have a long-standing tradition of doing this sort of thing. There are Italians all over the place who, you know, pledge, you know, allegiance to the flag, and and you know, it's cool when one will actually come to play who is going to be elite. Now, again, I don't want to fucking overstate this here. Okay, I don't want you guys to think I'm losing my goddamn mind. I really think this guy could be one of the best footballers in the world in the attacking position. I said it. That's insane. I know. He's played one match for us. But, like, it, you give a guy like that the opportunity and it either pans out or it doesn't, you know? Like, the guy's getting to start a match against England in a qualifier when we're desperate, in need of a striker, in Naples. I mean, if there's a place for an Argentinian-Italian guy to play his first match for Italy, it's in Naples. You know that if he scores in that first game, that's it. It's over. He's off to the races. It feels like you could depend on this guy henceforth. He's a fucking really good finisher. Finisher. He has really good movement. And here's the key. He holds up the ball a little better than Immobile does. He's better with his back to goal than Immobile does. He had a couple of moments playing with uh, his back to goal, playing with his midfielders, playing with Verratti, playing with Tonali, which, was, which, which were really impressive. Um, just, just laying it to them with his head and again he couldn't get into the game in the beginning because we started the game like dog shit but you know I, I I I'm really impressed with the game he had he played the whole 90 minutes now here's the thing he does not speak Italian right now now absolute nightmare having the guy actually start you know his his worst nightmare I mean, you know, having to sing the national anthem and, and not knowing the lyrics the words you know having to stand there and like you know bite his tongue and be like oh shit I'm gonna you know I'm gonna take it on the chin for this one you know it's kind of like the like the elephant in the room. It's like, yeah, this guy is playing for us, but you know, we're kind of cheating the system here a little bit. Like the guy has no real like <laughs> the guy <coughs> Jesus Christ, I'm on antibiotics right now. Holy fuck, I'm dying. Get some mate for the fucking fuel here. Fuel me up. Um I mean, yeah, it's like it's like the glaringly obvious reality that this guy has no real ties to Italian culture in terms of like I mean, I'm sure he like Sure, there's some, you know, some allegiance that he feels, but I don't think he knows a whole hell of a lot about Italian culture. Certainly, the language he doesn't know the national anthem, and here he is, like starting for us, you know, in Naples, uh, not knowing the lyrics, to you know, the words to the anthem. We got to do something about fucking Gigi D'Alessio guys and fucking Clementino or Clementino in particular, I should say. Naples gets. I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know if you guys saw the national anthem during the game today. Naples just gets. Like satirized, satirized isn't the right word. N Naples is, and Naples and anything to do with Naples and Neapolitans get turned into a caricature by the rest of Italy anytime anything's going on there. Does that make sense? So Gigi D'Alessio goes on television and they, it, they, they're pulling him out like they pull out a black guy at a maestro show in 1918, you know? Ecco, Gigi D'Alessio, bravo, And they're like, you know, these like people that will normally speak with like, the proper Italian, Roman, not Roman accent, but like the standard Italian, like giornaliere accent, you know, um, like the professor's language that you might hear in school and shit. It's like these guys shift from that to like this patronizing Napoletan accent to welcome Gigi D'Alessio to the stage. You know, Lorenzo Insigne would always be made to do content. Uh, you know, talking about like Neapolitan stereotypes that he would ask him to, you know, to speak Neapolitan dialect to the rest of his teammates. And like, that was the content. That was funny, you, you know? And it's like, like, so any opportunity that like figures, decision makers in Italy have to like romanticize Naples in a way that's almost uncomfortable, they do it. It's so strange. So the anthem was sung by Gigi D'Alessio and Clementino. Clementino has become a fucking cringe king. I mean, every time... All Clementino ever does is he just makes a fucking... He basically becomes a cartoon of a Neapolitan guy anytime he gets involved with the Azzurri. Do you guys remember? I think it was two years ago now. La Notte Azzurra. The night that the Euro 2020 side was revealed on television, on Rai. 
Immobile Donnarumma and Insigne were all picked in the side and they all went up on stage and Clementino started rapping. Cosa, 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 frata, cosa. And, and they made the Neapolitan guys all like rap along. It was, it was uncomfortable. It's like they just trot this guy out to, to just like just do this fucking cringy thing where he's got like a stern face. Yeah, yeah. Sto rappando, Napoli. It's like, what? <laughs> like nobody speaks that way. It's the most odd thing. It was a weird fucking anthem. It was a terrible national anthem. It was a an omen for what was to come in that game. It was a garbage game. But Matt, like, I'm telling you guys, when Retegi started, I said he's got a score. I think he will. But if he does, it, he, it's over for Immobile. We're never seeing Andrea Belotti again. You guys, I never want to see Andrea Belotti again. I never want to see Andrea Belotti again. Retegi's the guy. That's it. He's fucking score. Because here's the thing. Now, maybe I'm old school. And stay with me on here. I'm not trying to talk down to you guys and patronize, okay? You guys. But understand what I'm saying here, okay? This is very relevant. I'm of the belief that your striker should score goals. Personally, like me, that, that's what I think. I think the striker should be a guy who has a nose for goal. Not a guy who puts up good numbers in Serie A, uh, you, you know, and... and gets thrown into a different side outside of the system he's used to where he's not the penalty taker, he doesn't get as many goals to stat pad, and he looks like he's running around uh, like a fucking greyhound on a track, you know, with blinders on, not knowing what the hell's going on. That's Ciro Immobile, you know? He's he's not gonna... One-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper, he's an okay finisher. He's an okay finisher, but he just... I, there's something that happens when, like, the pace of international football comes around. He just... He doesn't do well and you know what he hasn't really done well anywhere outside of Italy and I think that's indicative of something you have some guys who will just score anywhere because they're just scorers I know that sounds really simplistic but you just have guys you could fucking put anywhere and they will find ways to put the ball in the back of the net it's not always pretty I actually think Graziano Pelle was kind of one of those guys when he was you know a goal scoring machine that's why there's almost value in Roberto Mancini looking at a guy like Andrea Compagno who's playing for you know Stawa Bucharest or whatever the fucking Phoenix, Stawa Bucharest, FCSB, whatever the fuck they're called now. There's two of them in Romania because whatever. One's the real one, one's the fake one. Who gives a shit? Weird. He's playing for one of those Romanian top sides he, and he's banging goals and it's like there's almost value to just giving a guy like that a shot and seeing what the fuck happens because you understand he's not going to play in Romania forever. If he does well and he scores a goal for Italy, then an Italian side will call him up. Sampdoria might, he might become a serviceable player, you know? Like it's almost like more valuable to have a guy like Fabio Quagliarella, not now, he's 40, but you know what I mean? Like it's almost more valuable have a guy like Fabio Quagliarella in the side. It's why Toto Di Natale did, a, did very well for us. It's why Mario Balotelli always did well. because he was just a goal scorer. He would always find ways to score goals. And he, to his credit, basically scored goals everywhere he ever went. Except for that like one weird stretch at Liverpool, you know, which ruined him. But it's like we just haven't found a way to get like a prolific goal scorer into the side. Retegi feels like he could be one of those guys. Now, here's the thing, okay? And again, if you're saying how Italian is this guy... However Italian he wants to be. That's the point. I remember DJ Pauly D once went on uh, Ellen DeGeneres show. Okay, he, she, he went on the Ellen DeGeneres show like 10 years ago when Jersey Shore was very big and they were doing like a spot where they were looking at his tattoos and he, you know, he took off his shirt and all the, 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 the mamacitas in the crowd were going, right? And Ellen, you know, uh, you know, after presumably fucking... You know, I don't know, putting a scoop of, 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 you know, sexually trafficked children's bones into her coffee on the break at the commercial fucking segment. She, she trods out Polly D, no shirt on. She says, oh, uh, hi, Polly, what, what tattoos do you have? What, what, what do we have here? And he's got like a big Italian flag uh, on his back. It was like, it was a terrible tattoo. It was like his skin was being peeled back and there was, there was like... Like La Bandiera Tricolora, like the green, white, red flag was like on his back underneath his skin. And he was saying, like, like this is a Cadillac logo because my favorite car. This is the Italian flag because I'm an Italian man. And it's like, no, you're not. Yeah, of course you're not. You're from Rhode Island. You're not an Italian man. You're fucking, you know. <coughs> you're, you're absolutely not. You're a fucking DJ from, you know, New England. You don't speak Italian and neither does your mom, you know. Um. But you just, you know, he says, I'm an Italian man. And I guess you're just like, oh, okay. I guess he's an Italian man. If you say so, you know, like you just claim it. 
He's basically, listen, Matteo Retegi, and I know it's Matteo, but I'm calling him Matteo because that's what that's what we're going to call him now. It's what his name will be henceforth. He's chosen his fate. You understand? He's basically decided, Matteo Retegi has decided that he's going to live out his life as an Italian man now. You understand? So he could continue to play in Argentina, but he won't. If he's gonna if he's gonna play for the Italian national team, he's not gonna play out the rest of his career in South America. He has to come over to Italy now. It will happen. Okay. Victor Osimhen is gonna go to Man United and he's gonna leave Napoli at the end of the season. Go to Naples. Go to play for Napoli. He'll do it. I think he will. He'd be a legend there. He has to lean into it. He's gotta cut the hair. It's a little bit of a problem. We gotta go tight, you know, tight on the sides, skin fade, couple of like like dangling cross earrings, maybe like grow the beard out a little bit, maybe an eyebrow slit, look a little more Napolitan. We got to get him to start listening to Tony Efe and shit, getting Italian lessons. We got to get him to get his dick sucked by like a showgirl, you know, like a Neapolitan showgirl, maybe one of like the Eredita girls or something. We've got to get him an Italian wife. We've got to like integrate him fully into that society. He's going to die in Italy now. He's going to become a hero in Italy. He's going to be one of the best footballers of his generation. At the, at the striking position. I, I swear to God. I, I, it's, it's the most obvious thing in the world to me now. If you're 23 and you're scoring goals like that in the top flight in Argentina, you're going to score goals everywhere. That's my thinking. That is my fucking thinking. He can go to Mexico and bang goals in, but he can come to Italy and bang goals in too. He's one of those guys. He reminds me of Lautaro Martinez. He, he, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. He just He has it. You know when a guy just has it? He's the guy now. He is the fucking guy. I, I'm absolutely convinced of it. And kudos... For picking his fate. He's decided he wants to be an Italian man. We have to welcome him into the culture now and say, learn the language. You're one of us now. You're one of us. And we like that. We like an Argentinian dude who kind of, who, you know, has Italian lineage and is reintegrated into Italian football. It's going to happen. I would take him at Juventus. I would take him at Juventus. Absolutely. I don't know what's happening with Adek Milik. I would take him at Juve. I would any Italian club should take him right now. Any fucking Italian club. An Italian club should also take should also take Andrea Compagno. It will not hurt. We'll know if he's a City A B striker or a City A striker if he comes to City A. If he starts scoring goals, great. He's one of those guys who just finds the back of the net. You know, is he going to be a guy who who's who's you know transfer value ever exceeds that of Ciro Immobile's at his peak? Probably not because he'll likely never exceed his numbers. But if he can hold the ball up, you know, and is a good big man, a good target man, great. You're in. You understand what I'm saying? You do not need to play for Real Madrid to play for the Italian national team as a forward. You just need to score goals. That's it. That's fucking all. That is it. We have it. We have a fucking striker. This is incredible because our midfield is quite um, solid. I think there are modifications that need to get made. We'll talk about that. But I think coming through the pipeline, decent. Juve is churning out a couple of really good talent right now. A couple of really good talents. I think Fagioli, Miretti, and Rovella, who's at Monza now, could all very well be very serviceable. And I I know there's that like bias that we have, right? If you're young and Italian and you're playing in top flight football, we think he's going to be great. I really do think a lot of these guys are showing quality that is positive, okay? Some of them aren't that young. Like Fagioli's going to be like 22 years old this year, you know? Like he's not a kid. Like he's, he's ready. He's made like a jump, you know? Um, Yeah. So at the wing at the winger position i think we're we're in a very good state right now i think you know Mattia Zaccani he's not even in the fucking side he's maybe the best italian winger right now other than like federico chiesa um you know disciplinary reasons seem to be keeping him out i don't know you know he he put his dick in the wrong woman he's caused him a lot of trouble you know he, he's he's whatever you know he he pulled out with an injury during the finalissima last year cuz he wanted to go fuck Chiara Nasti in 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 the maldives and, and whatever right he's not playing for a while fine Roberto, by the way, Roberto Mancini follows every one of his fucking players on Instagram. He does not follow Mattia Zaccani. I think he hates that guy, you know? Look at Vincenzo Grifo. Okay, Vincenzo Grifo has been putting up numbers. He's been one of the best Italian midfielders in Europe over the last, like, five years. One of. I know that's, again, it's a bit of a crazy statement. He's not just a midfielder. He's more of a winger. But he's been one of the best creative players, one of the most important creative players in the top five leagues in Europe. And he, because he doesn't play in Italy, he barely gets a sniff in. German-born, Italian, proud Italian, you know, Italian wife, Italian-German wife, fucking reps the flag, supports them. He didn't make the Euro squad. He, he was scoring goals for them, I think, in, quali in like friendlies before the tournament started a year ago, two years ago. Still supported them. Was posting about it, you know. 
still follows them. I see he's liking their posts. Good guy Grifo, you know? By the way, get that guy to Italy. If you want to see, like, positive developments in the national team and you want to have, like, the best players who are, you know, maybe, uh, you know, going to be competing for spots in the upcoming tournament and as part of this qualification cycle once we look to turn it around, um, a lot of them have to play in Italy, in my opinion. I think, you know, I think Grifo should come to Italy and leave Freiburg, even though it's where he's from. Uh, but whatever. You know, like, so so I think Mancini likes him. Mancini likes him. You could tell. You could tell he likes him. He respects him. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he wasn't even on the bench today. But but you could tell he's not going to ever, like, bitch out. He's a good team player. You could just fucking tell. Zakani's just not one of those guys. You can't trust a guy with too many tattoos who dates a woman with tits that are so large, you know, and gets a certain type of haircut. Like, you just can't trust him. You can't fucking trust Mattia Zakani. You you cannot. You look at you look at his Instagram and you know. You just know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's it. There's something about it, you know. Um, uh, there's something about like the Instagram that that how homey you are, you know, how low key you are. The more a manager who's like 60 years old, like Mancini, is likely to like you, you know. Um, Mancini's not stupid. He was a player. A very good one, you know, for the national team in, in Serie A. He knows wild boys, right? He, he understands what it's like. He knows everyone on the team's type. Everyone on the team, he fucking played with guys like them. And he knows who's a good egg and a bad egg. And if a guy's not getting played, it's, you know, probably for a reason, unfortunately. Which is too bad because Matias Zakani, I'm not saying he's a bad person. He's, he's a great fucking footballer. I'd like it if they could remedy it. Obviously, they don't have any urgency to do it right now, you know. But, um... Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I I'm so fucking happy about the new um you know the new uh, developments at the striking position. I think it's uh, again it's it's indicative of the shitty state of things. Um, but I think it's a really good uh you know roll of the dice, which seems to have paid off. And again, if he doesn't score today, maybe it doesn't work out. You know. I, I, I know it sounds crazy. How could it not? Like, he could score against, you know, the next qualifier against Malta. Yeah, I know. But he scored against England in Naples. I think the public in Naples now love him. He's kind of gotten a taste of what it's like to play in European football. Um, I Yeah, I, he's coming to Italy in the summer. Surely. He has to. His loan's going to end. I think Boca are going to accept a bid. He'll come for 20 million euro. I think he's going to Napoli. I would like it if he came to my club. I, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I would like it if he came to Juve. I think he's going to Napoli, which is probably good for you know him and for the national team in in the you know, the big picture. You know, if he's the man, if he goes to Naples and be the man to replace Ossiman, I think yeah, yeah, uh, I think you're looking at 20 plus goals a year from him in Serie. A. I'm I'm convinced. I've seen very little of him up until this week. I saw him today. Again, it's one of those things where he needs to kind of like get service, but if he gets it, he will put it away. That that seems to be like. The thing that I've noticed about him, like Giro Immobile, I'm not even sure fucking finishes that that chance that Pellegrini put on a plate for Retegi today. You know, I think Immobile is done. I don't think we ever see him again, guys. And we got to talk about some of the fucking decisions that were made because this was obviously not a good game. That's the thing, right? Ultimately, this was not a good game. That was an aggressive slurp. <coughs> but I'm fucking throat is dry as a fucking bone right now. Haven't stopped speaking. I'm just speaking the fucking camera right now. No producer. No gauge on on what's hitting, what's not. Fuck, this is old school. But so look. Um You know, some another positive from the game, by the way, on the goal that Itegi scored. I mean, Barella went down. You know, Harry the Kane. By the way, I heard not Harry Kane, Harry Maguire. I heard someone, I think it was on Guardian Football Weekly once, say that Harry Maguire just looks like a butcher. He looks like your local butcher. He's named Harry. He doesn't look like he's a footballer. He looks like he should like be you know working in a meat market in the supermarket with like a blood-stained apron. <laughs> just a big husky guy. Oi, mate. Oi, mate. My name's Harry. You know, what can I get you? You know, it's not a great accent, but you get the point. He just fucking just chewed up Barella's foot, took him out of the game. He's got a bump on that one for sure, bro. That was not good. Fucking studs up like me. Harry Maguire's a fucking butcher. But, um, like, there was something nice. There was something nice about seeing, like, Barella 
because that's a classic Barella, right? He goes down, he gets stepped on. The way he receives the ball, he always like gets his ankles clipped and he goes down and stays down. And we, I think it's happened before where like, you know, actually, I'm thinking of when Barella scored against, I think Belgium, I think two years ago in the Euro, and Immobile stayed down. But I had like visions of that. Like I like that when Italy's doing that. When you know, when when we're getting clipped, going down, staying down, rolling around, you know, breathing in pain. And we go and score a goal on the ensuing play. Like that, that's, you know, that's what we should be doing. That's, that's, questo è il calcio italiano, you know what I mean? So, beautiful. But that's about it as far as like positives are concerned. Well, actually, no, not, not really. I think pretty much the entire second half was a positive um, showing. But the reason that that's problematic in and of itself is because like drastic measures had to be taken in order to, like shift the side around in such a way that they could be, you know, able to, that they would be able to play better. Look, let, let me, let me cut to the chase. The starting lineup fucking sucked. The starting lineup fucking sucked. I think there are a number of players that we're not going to be able to kind of depend on if, over the course of this cycle. I don't think Francesco Acerbi plays for the national team beyond this season. I think it's over. I mean, the fact that he had to play with Toloi, brutal. And I get it. Mancini wants to stick with guys He's sticking with the old guard who he who you know have been a part of the fold for a while. Bonucci's injured, Chiellini's done, I get it. So, you know, by d- default, you you default to the guys who are the backup in, you know, the winning side at the Euro. But these are not guys who played much, right? And that's for a reason. It's for a very good reason. They're not a starting center back pairing. And again, I know the goals weren't any weren't really like any you know, for any direct fault of theirs, but it was just It'd be terrible defending on two corners, really. England don't look good. I mean, we're a better side than England. I think, like, the English national team, you know, have good individual players. But the way they play, I mean, no, not that great. I mean, when we're on, we, uh, I think, are better in possession than them, you know. England looked very good on counterattacks. That's the thing. The first half, I mean, we had very little going forward. We had very little going forward. Retegi was left on his own, Um, you know. One thing that I liked about Itegi is that even when he didn't have many opportunities, every time he would get the ball, like he had like one or two chances where he kind of, <coughs> he, uh, he he failed to convert or put the ball on target, but he was able to just like get his footing and try to get a shot off, which is good. But like otherwise, he was he was very much out of the play. Uh, he wasn't able to get into the fray. I think, get into the fold. And and I think that Jorginho is is done as well. So here's the thing. I'm going to list off a few players who I think are fucking toast now. I think Toloi, over, done. Acerbi, don't want to see him anymore. I really think that Jorginho Frello, unfortunately, is, is has served his purpose. He's been a valiant servant to the club. To the club. To the, you know, to the, uh, you know, to the, to the motherland. And, 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 you know, he was an instrumental reason why we, you know, he was instrumental in our victory of the Euro, right? He was he was a crucial like peg in that system. I think it's done. I think you bring in like a uh, Sandro Tonali, who, who granted doesn't really play as a regista, but I even think that like Brian Cristante, everyone doesn't like Brian Cristante. I don't know why. Well, actually, I do. The reason no one likes Brian Cristante, I can tell you why, is because he just doesn't look flashy. But there's a reason that Mourinho trusts him to the extent that he does at Roma. I mean, and the reason why Man- there's a reason why Mancini trusts him. He's very good at what he does in deep, and and um, it's not that dissimilar to kind of how like Daniele De Rossi would play, maybe a little bit less physical, a um, little bit less box to box, sure. But I mean, I, there's I don't know, I don't know if Jorginho's losing his legs or whatever, but like he, he just really poor decision making today. I don't know. He's on he's on watch. I don't know. He's on uh, he's on he's on probation. It, you know, in in my mind, and then guys. You know, Domenico Berardi, I think that experiment's done. It's over, you know? I mean, the fact that that guy didn't score that goal against Macedonia a year ago with the open goal, I mean, and the fact that he kept playing, I think is indicative of the fact that we need to, you know, um, look elsewhere, you know? Just, just if, if a guy does something to that extent and fucks up that badly. By the way, I think he was also in the failed... I think he, I think he played... At San Siro, when we failed to beat Sweden in 2017 as well, I think he was part of that game. So it's like the guy just has too much fucking baggage now at this point, right? I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure. I mean, this is where it's good to have your fucking producer with you. But again, this is we're banging this out as a solo pod, a little bonus epi. Um, but I believe he was on the field when we failed to beat Sweden. So you know, 
I, like he's just too emotionally damaged at that point. It's done. You know, stop stop putting him in. You know, we have better options. I think you need to put in Wilfred Nyonto every opportunity you get. How that guy never got an opportunity in Italy, I think, is indicative of the issues in the country. How Willy Nyonto never got an opportunity to play in Italy is fucking nuts. It is everything wrong with Italian football, how that guy had to go play. In Switzerland, Inter did not want him. They pushed him out, said, fuck you, get out of here. And he didn't get claimed by any Italian clubs last summer after playing as well as he did for the national team over the course of a couple international breaks, age 18. And he had to go to England. He's now tearing it up for Leeds. I mean, now there are rumors that apparently Man City wants him, Chelsea. He deserves it. He, he, he's good enough. You, you could tell on the ball. He's, he's, he's confident. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, Lorenzo Insigne is done now. He seems to be like, you know, a, kind of a player of that ilk. Little guy, stocky, low to the ground, good movement. Brilliant. Throw him in instead of, you know, Berardi. I like Pellegrini on the wing. I know I'm kind of like interchanging right wingers and left wingers here, but like there's no, there, there is no reason to play Domenico Berardi anymore. He doesn't offer anything and he goes, he goes silent. He, he becomes a fucking ghost in, in many of the games that he plays for La Nazionale. That's it. This isn't Sassuolo. It's not his team. He's not the captain of fucking Sassuolo. He's not the captain of, you know, Liazzurri, like he is for Sassuolo, right? It's just it's what it is. It's not the same thing. I don't think he's got the level to play against England and, and, and do well consistently anymore. Again, was part of the Euro winning side. Did all right. Fine. I think it's over. Like, he was good in that system. I don't think he has a whole hell of a lot to add in, in the current side as it stands. I think the way that the side shaped up in the second half is more akin to how it should look going forward. So... Maybe get Tonali in, you know, keep an eye on Jorginho. If you need to rely on a guy like Cristante, fine, throw him in. Um, but, but you know, I really don't see why you don't just go with the better the better center backs in Serie A. You know, like I get that Acerbi and Toloi have been around for a while in the side, you know, in the national team setup. But I think like Romagnoli and Scalvini are, dude, Romagnoli and Scalvini play for the same squads respectively as Acerbi and, and, and Toloi, you know. And uh, I would argue that both of them have more upside, you know, than uh, than Acerbi and Toloi. Yeah, I would even include, I would even consider including Nicolò Casale. You know, it, listen, if, if Bonucci's unreliable, right, and he's not going to be fit, listen, if Bonucci still wants to play and you want to keep featuring him, okay, fine, whatever, fuck it. I mean, you know, he he's not the Best center back in the world without Chiellini, but is he serviceable? Sure, fine. But if he's like going to be, you know, if he's going to be a band-aid and he's going to miss matches left and right, maybe get a guy like Casale in and just keep him together with Romagnoli. They play in a back four sometimes at Lazio. Um, Yeah. I mean, they're doing pretty well in Serie A this year. But again, like, like, Acerbi's not going to be starting for you in the Euro next year. It's more likely that Scalvini will be. I know he's a younger player. I know it's hard to be a 19-year-old center back. But, you know, Bastoni did it. Bastoni at 20 years old, 21, was kind of like making the big jump. And is at a point where he's a little bit more serviceable. Now, again, he's he was injured. <coughs> Probably would have gotten, you know, the nod otherwise. But, I don't know. Against Malta, I would start those two guys. I would. I would start. Yeah, I would start the other two center backs, you know. Maybe even fucking throw Alessandro Bongiorno in, you know, if we're killing Malta late in the game just to get him some minutes, you know, get the first cap, get some nerves out. Again, I'm not suggesting that he's going to make a big fucking difference, but I'm saying you got to try to look elsewhere because, you know, what we had today, certainly not it. I mean, it's just every time Acerbi's played for La Nazionale, I've always gotten gotten nervous. You know, I've always gotten worried. He's always he's always fucked up. I don't think I think he played in dude, did he play in the uh the Macedonia game last year? I think he did. I remember being really unimpressed with a particular performance of his last year. Shit, it might have been against Ah, might have been against England. I don't fucking remember. Or maybe it was Ar- maybe it was the Argentina game. I don't remember. Maybe it was the um the Super Classico or whatever the fuck it was, you know, the um like the the European South American Supercoppa. Doesn't matter. I've never liked him. I've never been impressed by him really at all. So I, I really think you gotta get him out of there. I do. You know. Um Yeah. Like like what Mancini did here is clearly he tried to get um, you know, players in who 
I guess who beat England in the final, wherever possible. He got in players who beat England in the final last year, or at least were part of that side. And when it wasn't working, when it was clearly fucking stale, he made changes. The side looked better. And I think you have to say, okay, well, like, th this is the way that the side should look going forward. Simple as. Simple as that. Politano for Berardi all day, you know, offers a lot more going forward, gets more involved in the play, especially if, you know, especially if Giovanni Di Lorenzo is going to be your right back most of the time. Uh, you know, Leonardo Di Spinazzola, to his credit, always looks good. I mean, he's, he's as long as he's healthy, he's, he's dependable as ever. Probably keeps Federico Di Marco out of the team when he's healthy. So, no complaints there. No complaints there. Yeah, I, I think it's just that, like the center backs, I think, are the biggest issue at the moment, you know? And then, you know, just changing some of the guard. Like, again, Immobile's done. Pelotti's done. I don't want to see either of them anymore. I don't think we will, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, you got to credit Mancini for making good subs. Um, you got you have to credit him for making good subs, yeah. I, I mean, like, like it, it turned the game around, but he has to kind of apply that again now going forward and say, okay, like, this is... You know, this is how this is my this is my new best team. You know, if you're gonna rebuild it from the ashes, then then great. You know, sprinkle in some of the new younger guys, but also just some new faces who aren't necessarily younger, who who have you know been in and out of the side for a while. But yeah, like like a, like a Politano type, like a Tonali type. So um, yeah, I mean that that's that's about it. Like th those are pretty much my only like thoughts on the game, guys. I mean it's it's. It was not a good match. It was a terrible start to the campaign. We're probably still going to qualify. We, you know, we have it all to play for now. Um, still, but I think if we can get our footing, I think in a few months we have a good chance of beating England at Wembley uh, in October, which will be huge. We can still top the group, you know. But but losing at home to England is not good. Not a great England side, you know. Uh, an England side who could have been up three 0 I mean, at halftime, Grealish that fucking terrible miss. I mean. God damn, this is the most like technical I've talked on the pod for a long time. I only get this fired up for the Azzurri. It's fucking nuts. It's nuts how much I care about them compared to every fucking other level of <clears throat> football or every other league, you know, but whatever. I do have one story I want to get to before we wrap here. This will be a quickie. This will be just a little bonus episode. <laughs> it was there was an England fan. I got <laughs> I got it. <coughs> Fuck, I gotta compose myself. Sucking on a straw like a fucking, oh man, like a fucking, I don't know. <clears throat> like a geisha. Like a geisha, like a Japanese geisha. They used to be like, you know, oh, hello, I serve you tea. Yeah, but really, I suck your cock, you know. <clears throat> that was <laughs> That was their whole thing. Geisha, what a weird place to go to. What a weird mental place to go to when, when thinking of someone who sucks <laughs> sucks dick. Could have literally said, <laughs> could have said a porn star. Geisha, all right. I don't feel like cutting this and I got to blow my nose. So we're going to fucking, we're going to just go through this and then we'll, we'll wrap on this. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> oh my God. So this is from, uh, I think it's from the sun or the daily star. No, the mirror. Okay, excuse me. <laughs> England fan has Italy ticket ripped up for, quote, deeply offensive Diego Maradona flag in Naples. The flag reads, Diego's in a box. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Football Association have strongly condemned the actions of an England fan and revoked their ticket after they were pictured with a flag which included a sickening message to the late Diego Maradona. No, it was funny. That was a fu I'm sorry, that's funny. England took on Italy and Naples on Thursday night in a repeat of the European Championship Final in 2021. Blah, 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 blah. But off the field, there have been some concerns about some troubles in the city with a heavy police force present both inside and outside the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. Blah, 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 blah. The FA have confirmed that they have rescinded a match ticket from a fan after images went viral on social media. The unnamed supporter, who is believed to be part of the England supporter group, the official England supporter group, was snapped with an England flag which carried the message, Diego's in a box, a reference to the Argentinian and Napoli legend who passed away in 2020. Uh, kudos. I mean, come on. 
That's good. Talk about knowing your audience. You know where you are. You know what's going to get them upset. That's good. I think that's fair play. I think that was a really well thought out one. I, I respect that. I think it's, I think they're, they, yeah, I don't know. It's a pussy fucking move going after them. I think that's totally fair play. You know? It's not like he said Gianluca Vialli's in a box. <laughs> I almost said Gianluca Vacchi. It's not like he said Gianluca Vialli's in a box, you know? Like a guy who fucking coached them. Who played in England and, and who was part of the side? Like, that might have felt a little bit more like, ooh, yeah, you know, Maradona's in a box. I mean, yeah, it's, that's funny. That's funny. Because here's the thing like, the, the thought of Diego Armando being in a, the, the thought of Diego Armando Maradona being in a box, I don't know why I'm pronouncing, I don't know why I'm calling him by his first middle and last name, Diego, Diego Armando Maradona. No, I, the idea of Maradona being in a box is funny. Like, the way it was worded, <laughs> like, <laughs> Instead of saying like uh, Rip Diego like, like you know Like acknowledging his death Could have been uh, Like a positive It could have been, been Like you know A sign of reverence But no Like there's no more Succinct way Of just mocking the fact That he's dead Like it's just say, They're just saying He's dead Diego's dead That's it Like, But if it said Diego is dead It's not as funny As Diego's in a box <laughs> You know And it's like the idea That this like party animal This god This like deity yeah, he's in a fucking box. He's your god. He's in a box somewhere. I don't know. It is understood that Italian organizers had already let the individual know he would be identified at the stadium blah, 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 due to electronic scanning. Okay, whatever. Whatever. I thought that was... I think that's... It's too bad that they... Uh, I don't know. I don't think they should have. I don't, I don't think they should have done that. The FA could have totally turned a blind eye. That's the thing. Like, who gives a shit? The FA just looks like stuck up. They look fucking gay when they do that. What are you doing? When you go abroad, right? You've got you've got to be you've got to be you've got to be classy. Like, bro, you know, is that the line we're drawing? You know, we're gonna start monitoring English fans' behavior abroad. It's nuts. Stop. You know, don't draw the line in the sand. There, it's a losing battle. You're not gonna win that shit. Says we always the FA claim we always ask our fans to be good tourists and respect the local culture. Well, that's two things that that's two things that England never do: be good tourists and respect local culture. What they do is they bring English culture with them everywhere. They bring the chants, they bring the pubs, they throw beer around and shit. They start fights in the street. Good tourists. They have no interest in seeing any local. By and large, I mean they have, they have like people that travel to see England games are the last people that want to see anything outside of England. They're just there for a pisser, <laughs> you know. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm gonna throw this up if I think to. <laughs> I was in Barcelona when I was in Barcelona with my father last year. We saw these four guys walking. When I mean, you can see English guys abroad, when you're abroad and you see four guys dressed a certain way, you just know they're English guys. Oftentimes they'll have like a jacket with shorts on, you know, ankle socks. Be really stocky. They have a way about walking. Like they have a way about them. You know this. They have like a certain strut with their chest out, barrel chested, walking around. You just know they're English. Like my dad literally called it. He's like, see those four guys over there? I bet you they're English lads out on a pisser. We walk past Cockney. Cockney as fuck. I'll throw it up on screen. <laughs> you could just talk. To, you could pick these guys out of a haystack. Like needles out of a haystack. You could, just, you could pick them from, you could spot them a million miles away. You could pick them out of a police lineup, you know? Eh, whatever. I think the English media asked Roberto Mancini if he was concerned about security in Naples because, uh, was it uh, Frankfurt fans went nuts and, and tore the city to shreds a couple weeks ago during a Champions League game. He had a great quote. He says, I don't work for the police force, to be honest, he said. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's always been the away fans that have come here and caused problems, typically. We saw that with the Champions League. If people come here and behave correctly... I don't think there will be too many issues on that score. Brava, fatto bene. You know what I mean? Throw you guys under the bus. He's played in England. He knows they're fucking savage. You know, whatever. Kudos. Kudos to him for that one. You know, we go again. We go again. You know, we got Malta in a couple days. Try to get some goals on the board for uh, for morale. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. We have a striker. That's good. We no longer have to depend on Chiru Immobile. That, that ship has sailed. It's over. It's done. It's much needed. We got a guy 10 years younger. Beautiful. You know, but we're we're in we're in a good spot now. You know, Could be, we have a newly minted Italian guy who's going to do very well for us for I think a decade to come, guys. So get excited about that. Um, yeah, benvenuto, Matte.
Uè, Matte. Matte, Matte, Matteo, Matte. Get it? All right, the Matte is done. Pod's done. Appreciate you guys tuning into the bonus pod. We'll be back next week. Dilo will be back in the studio. We've got a guest lined up. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be back next Wednesday um, as per regular programming. Much love to you all. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Subscribe and like it. Leave a comment. And if you're in Montreal, per chance, we still have a few tickets available to the live show on April 6th. If you've tuned in this entire time. Um, yeah, if you've tuned in this entire time and uh, you know have, have uh, fucking made it all the way through, I'll throw that in. We still have tickets available to that show. I'll throw a link in the description of the pod um, on YouTube and any podcast platforms. We have like, like I think half the tickets have sold, and they're probably you know it's gonna it's probably gonna sell out like in the days leading up or the week leading up because that's usually how it works. A few of our boys are gonna come through. So uh, if you're a listener, and you're just listening to this, um, you know, and you don't actually know me personally, feel free, feel free to cop, come through. See Genaletti and I in person. It'll be a lot of fun, and uh, and yeah, um, and then yeah, fucking if you and then if you're in Toronto, there's that show in Hamilton on April second, that Italian comic competition. If you want to come through, if you want to come through, if you do buy tickets to that, if you're in Hamilton or Toronto and you do wind up buying tickets to that show, I think they're pretty cheap. They're like twenty twenty five bucks. If you come through, send me a message. Let me know you're coming. Maybe we can meet up after, and uh, you know, have a little brindisi, cheers, whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe say a little prayer for Palm Sunday. It's in, uh, it's in like a week. So if you're going to be coming out to that, I'll be doing stand up for, uh, a chance to, uh, you know, to open at a, at a larger show in, um, in, uh, in June, a little cash prize. How you doing? No problem. Uh, you know, yeah, bro. So, uh, come through to that if you want. I think, uh, bad game, but some learning, some learning moments here, you know, better that it happened in the first game. Then, like, four matches in, you know, you cruise through, like, Malta and Ukraine. You beat North Macedonia with, like, whatever fucking side was started today because it's still a better side on paper than those other teams. You likely get wins against them and you face England and all of a sudden it all unravels. I think now we realize we need to put the best players on the field now. That's it. We thought we knew who our best team is. It's not. Get them out. Forget everything you know about them. Let's move forward. If Mancini does that, and he often has been ruthless, you know, where he has to be, and I think he's ready to do that, I think we'll be fine. So let's all be calm. We have a striker. We got to, you know, we just got to revamp in other areas too. Much love to you all. We'll catch you soon. Alla prossima. Till then. Ciao. E mi sono scatenato Fedaster al mio confronto Era statico e imbranato Le ho sparato un bacio in bocca Uno di quelli che schiocca Sulla pista di avolata Lì per lì l'ho strapazzata L'ho lanciata, riafferrata Senza fiato l'ho lasciata Con le braccia mi è cascata Era cotta innamorata Per i fianchi l'ho bloccata E mi ha fatto marmellata Oh yeah Si dice così no?